Let's move straight into number 10 then. Okay. What's your number 10? Instincts, no strings attached. Did that come out in the 2000s? It sure did. Came out prime 2000. Fucker. Yep, came out prime. It came out 2000. What's the date? March. Yeah, March of 2000. Yep. Oh, look at that. Sp- speaking of albums <laughs> that I was in a high school for. Oh, was it this one? Y- yes. <laughs> yes. This this album. I was not I, in high school. <laughs> I know. You, you, you. I'm pretty sure you were still wearing fucking Pampers. I wasn't. I wasn't wearing Pampers, but I definitely was wearing... I mean, it's no different from now. I was definitely wearing character underwear. <laughs> wearing fucking short pants. Like, Yep, I definitely was. Tell tell me. Tell me why this is your number 10. <sighs> this album... Before you do, mind you, I don't disagree. So don't don't feel like you have to defend it. No, I'm definitely not going to defend... I'm, I mean, I'm never going to defend why it is there. Uh, but as far as like defending it to why it should be there, I'm not. Um, Instinct, kind of like, kind of like Gaga. The only thing about about Instinct is that Instinct didn't get the recognition they deserved in award form, um, because like, bye bye bye, it's gonna be me, which is now as of which as now as <laughs> May first. That song is actually called It's Gonna Be Me, parentheses, It's Gonna Be May, M-A-Y. They actually changed the title of the song this year. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> they changed the title to It's Gonna Be May. Um, but they didn't get the recognition they deserve for this album, man, um, because it was it was like a tidal wave of boy bands at that time, and... Um, Chris Kirkpatrick was writing so much other stuff for other people. Um, and like uh, he and Joey Fatone did uh, him, Joey Fatone and Lance, they did movies. Um, and Justin did model behavior. Like it, they were just, they were so on it, man. They were so on it. Um, and they were like that music video to buy, uh, to buy, buy, buy was so monumental man they did like the and then even going into the it's gonna be me music video where they were toys and they played with barbies and gi joe and like shit like that um for fallout boy to even turn right back around and do the exact same thing uh with that music video and putting joey fatone and chris kirkpatrick in the music video um (laughs) but they did so much man i was I was blown away. And of course I was a kid back then, but like now looking at it in hindsight, 2020. <laughs> yeah, okay. In hindsight. I'll give like, you one of those. One of those. In hindsight, like dude, looking back on it, it's just it's it's so monumental. And like I'm proud of them. Like even like Ariana Grande is like that's her number one artist. And she got to do a song with them, which was great, dude. It's like <sighs> I love them. <laughs> My boys, man. I love them. I love Chris Kirkpatrick. As, 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 a, as a high schooler who was actively listening to, like, corn, you know, it was it was very hard for me to admit that I liked NSYNC at the time. 
just just socially speaking. But in retrospect, I was yes, those songs are fucking great, and I fucking <laughs> loved them at the time, and I'm not ashamed to say that. Go and tell your go and tell your younger self that. No, my, you my younger self would absolutely agree, because I'm the one asking. <laughs> if anyone yeah. else were to be like, "Hey, man, you like NSYNC? Nah, bro. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah. Have you heard the new Limp Biscuit?" Yeah, that's, so. that those don't go hand to hand to me, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I actually, I actually did a thread about the No Strings Attached album, mm-hmm. and originally I was gonna choose Celebrity, but like going back at like this thread that I did on Twitter about No Strings Attached, I went through hell for that album. Like I got picked on by my, I got picked on by my family and friends about that album. That album got stolen to me, stolen from me about three or four times. And then I I think as a total, I've purchased that album four times in my lifetime. I think I've purchased it four times. And the last time uh, the original CD that I had, my niece got really upset with me. And we're like, we're like six or seven years apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think she got upset with me about something and she took a like a paper clip or something and she wrote her fucking name in my CD. Oh my god. <laughs> like I went through hell for that <laughs> album, man. <laughs> I went through hell. Wow. So my number 10 <laughs> is uh not nearly as flashy as that. <laughs> okay. Um it's uh <laughs> Papa Roach. You sounded you sounded hesitant about telling it, so <laughs> No, 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 because I just know that you're this is not up your alley. Um it's it, it's Papa Roach, the Paramore sessions. I mean it's not a it's not on my alley, but I mean I support you. I do. I do Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um it is it's their best work to date. Um I I'm a, I'm a really big fan. They've changed a lot over the years. They, they've mm-hmm. kind of uh, they've they've dipped in and out of rapping. Uh, they've they, they've J- Jacoby Shadix, like has really <laughs> yeah that's his name. Um, has really harnessed like the the fact that he's a really good singer. I, I, I mm-hmm. feel like he didn't realize that up front. So this was really the first album where it was a collection of. And like anthems, just back to back anthems, really big, big fucking rock music. Um, s- stuff that that without like the, the flashiness of, say, a Motley Crue or the the production of a, of a, of a Def Leppard. But in yeah. that same vein of like this needs to be played in an arena. And yeah, it, it looking was at, looking at picture of this guy now, all I see is Ronnie Rackett. Of uh-huh. escape the faith and <laughs> escape the faith and uh, his new band I can't think of the name of it like that's all I see now so yeah, maybe maybe that's... yeah it's it's like the, the the like Pop Roach comes from the same school that Corn comes from yeah. that Limp Bizkit came from uh, that even to an extent Lincoln Park came from uh, but they 
the, the trajectory of their career went in a very different direction than all three of those other artists. So it's still at its core rock music. You know, it's, it's heavy alternative. It is, it is metal. Uh, it is guitar solos and power chords. Uh, yeah. But the writing by Shadix, which is uh, such a weird fucking last name. That's a um, weird name, man. Like, this album and the one before it, Getting Away With Murder, are like the, the, the first two that he recorded sober. And they're just full of very introspective, like, how do I repair myself and my, my you know, my, my entire life after destroying everything I love for the first 15 years of my life or the first, you know, the second, like between the age of 15 and 30, like it, it, I really dig the Paramore sessions way more than I probably should. And probably more than most Papa Roach fans. Okay. So, Also, okay. Travis Barker plays drums on one of them. Really? So there's that. Hmm. Did, mm-hmm. I did not know this. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 again, if you're a fan of rock music, it just, just give the Paramore sessions a listen. I'm not, I'm not saying you, you gotta like it. Just, just give it a listen. Listen. What's your number nine? Number nine is going to be shit, yes. Oh my god. Trash Talks Walking disease. (laughs) This is one I have never heard of at all. Okay, Trash Talk is uh, a power violence band. They are from. Did you say power violence? Power violence. Yeah, they are a power violence metal band. Okay. Um, They are from San San Francisco. Says here Sacramento. Sacramento, yeah. yeah, Sacramento. They're from Sacramento, and dude, they just they just have this fuck you attitude that I love so much. Um, and Walking Disease is easily the best ten minutes of my life. Easily, the entire album is ten minutes. I can listen to it on a smoke break. <laughs> Walking smoke. Disease. Walking disease. It's so good. Like, there's... <laughs> Dude. My friend Shane, he, we were talking about the walking disease one day in, uh, like, on Facebook or something. And he posted, he was like, I love it when they say fuck. And which is, which is like every other lyric. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. If you... <laughs> It's so good, and then then they do like the uh like skateboard like uh like that skate metal uh, as well. They go into that realm, um, and dude, they just they don't give up. They don't give a fuck about you or your opinions or what you say about them or what you say about other people. Um, there's a video that they talk that they have on there, and their uh their band is like multiracial so it's not like a white band or black band uh, uh, predominantly Uh, like their lead guitarist is a black guy and their lead singer is a white guy oh yeah Um, yeah we're getting a picture of them and um i remember in one of the albums from the no peace ep uh no the live ep and um 
They said, we don't care about your politic view, your political views. We don't care about this. We don't care about that. Come to Sacramento and we'll beat your fucking ass. That's it. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> Come to Sacramento and we'll beat your fucking ass. I was like, I love this band. Uh, and dude, Trash Talks, Walking Disease. Easily, easily best 10 minutes of my life. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I like it though. Uh, like, like I love that something is just so fucking aggressive. Do yourself a favor, and yeah. uh, and find and find walking disease. It's so good, so good. Okay, okay. Um, my number nine That's is uh, do it. What is your number nine? That's what I was about to ask. Ah, yes, my number nine is Butch Walker's Left of Self Centered. I knew Butch would be there somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this album is another one of those that I just call a perfect album. Um, there is There are no bad tracks here. And for, for those of you who need a quick history lesson, Butch Walker was the singer of uh, the band Marvelous 3 in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they had like one minor hit called Freak of the Week. And it's very much like a cheap trick inspired pop rock, like big anthony sing along fucking, you know, band. Well, when Marvelous Three broke up, he said, fuck it, I'm a prolific songwriter, which he is. And he started yeah. producing uh, artists, you know, left and right. He produced Fall Out Boy. He produced uh, uh, an, an album or two by uh, All Time Low. He did the. He's actually did the most recent Green Day. Like he he works with really big name artists. Mm-hmm. And ever he since did then, Panic at the Disco's uh, too true. rare album. Yep. Um, he but sporadically he'll release an album. This was his debut. Um solo effort and he played every single instrument on it drums guitar bass vocals everything well actually if you look at the personnel he is listed as playing or or vocals guitar bass piano programming keyboards and percussion yeah that sounds like everything yeah but like, (laughs) like there's other people who did some other stuff but he he did you know the most of most of it he also produced it um and it's almost like he wrote it and released it as proof that he can write the perfect pop song. Okay. Like they're, like they're all rock songs, you know, at their, you know, at their core, but they have the most catchy fucking vocals. They get stuck in your head. They are memorable. They, some of them are touching at the same time. They still like, have you humming the, the, the fucking beat afterwards? Every song is different. It's 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 a it's a proof of concept that he could that because the the way I understand it, and this may be wrong, but the way I understand it is he released it thinking no one would ever hear it because Mm -hmm. no one really listened to Marvelous Three. So why the fuck would anyone listen to Butch Walker? You know, so he released it and then people kept reaching out to him and said, so who produced this for you? And he's like, I did. Okay, well, this is fucking great. I need your help. (laughs) <laughs> and this album is was basically his resume for years because it's so perfectly composed and written and sh- and structured. It's fucking amazing, man. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, Butch Walker is Butch Walker is fucking sick, man. Um <clears throat> I've heard I listened to the spade. Um I didn't I didn't listen to Left uh Left of Self Centered. Um uh, I do remember like Afraid of Ghosts. I remember when it came out. Uh mm. I wasn't into it when it came out, but like the man the man's genius. The yes. man is a genius. He's he's nothing short of a genius. He fucking mixtape, man. Yeah. It's not on this yeah. album, but yeah, mixtape that like that's on that Fallout Boy um mixtape. Welcome to the administration. Yeah. And I think that's when I knew that they were gonna work with Butch Walker at some point. Uh hearing that song on their mixtape. You I, I don't know if you know this. You may not know this. Um Butch Walker has guest vocals on uh, an album. What a catch. Or, duet? No, that's that's Elvis Costello on What a Catch. <laughs> right. No, that's not. It's before that, actually. Um, there's a track on Infinity on High hmm. that he's not credited for, I don't believe. But let me see what track it is. It is. You're crashing, but you're no wave. The one about the court scene. Oh yeah, he sure does. Mm-hmm. That's a that song's a fucking riot, man. Have you that ever just heard is... the lyrics to that song? Yeah, Jesus. dude, that song is fucking <laughs> like that is a better Fallout Boy song than than like I believe they were even able to write at that at, at that point. <laughs> Ouch, man! <laughs> and this comes from a a place of absolute love. When I yeah, heard dude, it, I'm like, "This is some next level shit." That song's up there, dude. So Butch Walker, <laughs> his resume is number nine. Oh yeah, what's your number uh, eight? I don't. Oh my god, he did. Uh... I don't uh don't you know who I think I am? He produced that song. Him and yes. Patrick Stone produced that song on this album. Yep. Which is one of my which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He is my fucking hero, man. I'm I'm picking up the albums as well. <laughs> like I have the records right in front of me. <laughs> All right. So my number eight is uh day twenty six, day twenty six album. Going right back to um, making the band. <laughs> day twenty. What the fuck is day twenty? I literally have day never 26. heard day twenty six. Day twenty six. They were uh, so right after Diddy decided to do a girl group, he decided to do a boy band. Okay. And uh, they're from all over the place. Um, Dude, they just when you have when you have a set of like handfuls of men. And <laughs> okay, <laughs> handfuls of men and pajamas and do rags, and they do a sing off at four o'clock in the morning. 
you're gonna come out with something fantastic. What? <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for day 26, and I feel like I'm peering into another dimension. <laughs> yeah. So there's an episode where day 26 is being put together, and um. Yeah, and he's like, you guys, you guys need a fire under your ass. Let me go and get some other people and see if that's going to keep, you know, let's let's see if any of you guys get eliminated from these guys. Who's going to take your seat tonight? And it's like four o'clock in the morning and these guys just run up and they look like two gangs in a Broadway musical. (laughs) And they start singing at each other. What? And dude, they put out they put out one of one of the best R and B albums to me, dude. Oh, so good. I was really I was really surprised that the project that they decided that they put out, um, considering like all the shit that they went through. But of course, like Diddy's a mastermind. He knows what he's doing. He knows the the songwriter to go and get. Um, but yeah, dude, it's great. So good. Oh, man, I, I just want you to to just re- remember that I may have left uh, a fever you can't sweat out off of my list, but you mm-hmm. put day twenty six above it, so yeah, I feel it. like that's an equal crime. Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. I put like we should both be doing time you. about the same amount of time for that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. Uh, also. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, um, this is the first time this is going to be on podcast. You're oh. you're you're welcome. Uh-oh. Um, there is a song on this album called uh, "Exclusive No No Excuses." Um, and when I was in high school, this album came out, and I was in I was a junior in high school when this album came out, and when. They released exclusive No Excuses. Um, we were doing something with school, and we rewrote the, the lyrics of this song and did a commercial for Richard Swartz. I'm pretty sure I'm in another dimension right now. <laughs> that, that fucking confirms it. Like something went awry. Like I've, I've, my, my train has jumped the tracks. Yep, we, uh, we, we did, we, re- we rewrote this song, um, and sung it all over the city. We sung it all over the city. We did a, we did a radio commercial, and then we did the video commercial with Richard Swartz, and it was about seatbelts. Do you have a copy on. of that commercial? I don't. I don't. The only person that had a copy of it was one person, and he was being a real, real bag of dicks about giving it to us. <laughs> um, so I don't. Well, I if don't. you can track it down, if you can track it down, <laughs> I will digitize that motherfucker for you. Yeah, but that was a, that was a thing. I've seen the I've seen the vi- I've seen the uh, the video commercial probably once, but like everyone. Everyone comes up to me and, and uh, like my family was like, oh, I saw you on TV. I was like, I haven't. I have not seen me on TV. 
<laughs> I'm not seeing myself on TV. Uh, let's. That was that is my day twenty six number eight. What is your number eight, sir? That's fucking funny. Um, that's where Paramore's riot falls. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, there wasn't a, a a situation where this was not making top ten. Okay. Um, yeah. Why, why so low on your top ten then? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, brand new eyes. <laughs> uh, I mean, you love this album. I know that you I do. do. I do. I do. But like, but if you look at the ones above it. <laughs> It makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. It makes sense. If you know me, the ones above it make complete sense. Uh, but what w- what can I say about this album that we haven't already said? Not if if not on this podcast, a different one. Like, yeah. Right. When when I when I think of Paramore, I think of the sound of Riot. Regardless of yeah, whether these songs sure. have aged aged well, you know. It's what I like. Fucking crush, crush, crush is the perfect Paramore song. Yeah, I think Decode is, and Decode is like oh, in I that don't era even, of. I don't, I don't really even like Decode. You don't? Oh my god! No, yeah. no. I try. Like I tried real hard too. I just. It's 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 the song is fine. It's but. Nah. Um. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't even have much to say. Like, I, I've yeah, we've we've talked a lot about uh about about Riot already. Yeah, I, like, like I've I've in cons- the top ten, the top twenty of like uh even even in the top twenty of like the decades and shit. We've talked about it for sure. Yeah, like I've I've considered getting a Riot tattoo, <laughs> like just of like the red Riot on on the cover. Please, it's, it's please not gonna. It's probably not gonna happen. But make it look like a prison tattoo. It's it's going to, <laughs> <laughs> like regardless because of the font. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I I fucking love Paramore. Um, what's your number seven? Number seven, Lil Wayne's The Carter Three. Okay. Yes, man. What a album! And like the Carter Two was gonna be up there, like the Carter Two was, uh, was gonna be up there because I think that album came out in two thousand five, two thousand four or five. But dude, like the song after song, just so good. And like Wayne was on his high horse at this point. He had done this was this was the most anticipated album. Of like the 2000s era. Uh, everyone was waiting on it. When this album came out. Um, he had done. He had done like. Remixes and was featured on. every. He was on everyone's album at this point. And so True. like. He had hyped his, his album up so greatly. That. When it came back. When it came out. It had no choice but to be number one. Um, and it's got stuff like um, a Millie, which had like five different versions of it. <laughs> um, he did the very last song with Static Major, 
uh, which is a producer. He did the last song with him, which was Lollipop. Um, he did like looking at the track list here. Me not being a guy like a rap guy, uh-huh. and me knowing a bunch of these songs. You know a, a shit ton of them, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. it says a lot. You know a bunch of them. Um, and then like even his like even the songs where he's, um, where he stops and he thinks about he he's more conscious of the things that he writes, like tie my hands or shoot me down, uh, was just phenomenal, man. Wayne Wayne was on his high horse here, and um, this was when I was proud to be from New Orleans. When he put out this album, <laughs> was. this was the peak of his power. Yeah, for sure, for sure, this is definitely the peak. And yeah. because of this album, a lot of people will think it will, it's the Carter two, but I think it's the Carter three was the reason that it put him at like top rappers of all time. It was the Carter three. Yeah, see, like the, the Carter three is when I when I first started paying attention, going, oh, this guy might actually be crazy. <laughs> like I, I could dig this cool and then dude right after that he put out um the next year he put out rebirth which was like his quote unquote like rock album and uh-huh. dude listening to that album now listening to that album now it's not as cohesive and this is something that hunter and i talked about we didn't talk about it on the podcast but we talked about it and rebirth was before its time way before it's time dude like he was doing he was doing shit now that people are doing now he was doing shit then that people are doing now like uh oh god man i remember him popping up on fucking stage at like an award show and playing guitar and he can't play he he just (laughs) looked like a fucking psychopath who didn't know how to play guitar he doesn't he can't play it he can't play it for sure. <laughs> he cannot. But this <laughs> album, was so funny. <laughs> he was up there, man. He was break. He was breaking records, man. Man. So yeah, I that can, was, I, can I can I can respect that 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 choice. Really, really good, really good time for Wayne. Uh, yeah. What is your number seven? Uh, breaking Benjamins. We are not alone. Okay. Uh, I, this, really, I really wish I loved this this genre of music. I, I know, I, really I know. Do. Like it's there's there's a lot of bands that are a, a, a little bit too similar. Like considering they all have different names and they are composed of different white people, but <laughs> like there are some gems in that in in that genre. And Breaking Benjamin's whole catalog is a gem in and of itself. But this album, it, it it was very hard for me to choose between this, the one before it, and the one after it. So mm-hmm. it was either Saturate, Phobia, or uh, We're Not Alone. And I chose We're Not Alone because it's the one that I couldn't put down at the time. Because like right now, I like all three of those albums pretty much the same, and I, I don't want to have to choose. So I'm going with my 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 retro like. Mindset, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, this is the first album where they really leaned into we're going to steal all of the good stuff from Tool and make a <laughs> pop metal album. 
because like Tool is undoubtedly cool. You know, I don't like them, but yeah. they are. But they make music that is more interesting than ninety percent of the entire universe. So if you can listen to a few Tool albums and cherry pick the elements that you can then seamlessly morph into a like a a, a pop metal album mm-hmm. that you're describing breaking Benjamin as like as an artist <laughs> okay <laughs> and th- this is the first album they got it right like the one before it is 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 really really good but this is the one where it's it's clear what they're trying to do uh, and let me see. Oh, they also Billy Corgan helped write some of these tracks. Mm. Yeah, of uh, Smashing Pumpkins fame. So I was thinking that's not that's not Smashing Pumpkins. That's about to put out a new album. That's uh, MPX, uh, MXPX is about to put out a new album. Wow, those those are two very different artists. Yeah, I don't know why I don't know why that made me think about that. <laughs> Which are welcome. If you guys, if you guys didn't know, MXPX is about to put out a new album. It, hey, all seven of the people who care are really <laughs> excited. The guy uh, from Bowling for Soup is writing stuff on it too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I saw them live three times when they were when they were uh, supporting this album. Mm-hmm. One time, one time was on Capitol Street in Jackson. Okay, and they just they blew the fucking roof off of this tiny little venue uh, called 106 Capital. I think it was 106 Capital, um, and I I think they might have been the only band that played there ever and before they shut down. Like it was it was very like open one minute, gone the next. But I have so many fond memories of going to Breaking Benjamin shows and just being the guy in the crowd that I'm like, no, you fuckers. These guys are great. Cheer. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Cause, cause they, like they opened for a lot of bands that at the time were way bigger than them. Like they opened for Godsmack for a whole summer. Oh, and, Jesus. Yeah. And like Godsmack's fine. Breaking Benjamin is infinitely better though. So like I'm in the crowd really fucking excited. And everybody's just waiting for Godsmack. <laughs> so so it's so so when this so seeing them play this album and experiencing it in real time was was really a highlight of the 2000s for me okay yeah no oh. i can feel i can feel that so there's that we're at remember, number six already right i am I, re- I remember uh making a friend by telling them that i hated i hated uh the thought of <laughs> The thought of breaking Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing. A lot of these bands, their reputation is way worse than their music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's probably true. Yeah. But that is the last one of those bands on my list, so Oh, okay. Cool. Now yeah, to the greener game. pastures ahead. <laughs> all right so my number six and these albums 
are perfect albums. Every album that I'm about to, every album from this moment forward is a perfect album. You know what? I, I will, I will, I will concur on my on my list as well. These are perfect albums. There's nothing that can go wrong with these albums. And the first one is Daniel Merriweather's Love and War. And I think I've talked about this on one of them. This is one of my favorite albums. And it came out of nowhere. I didn't know who this guy was. Uh, I remember being in college when the album came out. Don't tell anyone I went to college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Only losers go to college. Don't tell anyone I went to college. Uh, But... They, uh, I was introduced. I was introduced to Daniel Mer- Daniel Merriweather, and I listen to this album to this day like it came out yesterday. Like it came out yesterday. It's it's um, it's he's from the UK, and what bothers me so much about this album. He's is, actually, look, according to Wikipedia, he's from Australia. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Daniel oh. Merriweather is, um, he's like a blue-eyed soul singer. And okay. he did stuff with like, um, like Rudimental, when Rudimental was like touring. Um, and he did some stuff with... Um, What's his name? The guy that did Uptown Funk. Bruno Mars? Not Bruno Mars. The person um, that produced Oh, the other guy. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yes. And he did he did some stuff <laughs> with Gaga. But yeah, he did some stuff. Uh, Daniel Merriweather did some stuff with that guy too. Uh, which is also... Adele did things with that person. Adele is on this album, uh, Love and War. Mark Ronson is is the name Mark you're trying to pull. His name. Yes, Mark Ronson. Daniel Merriweather and uh, Adele did stuff with Mark Ronson. Uh, and Adele is on this Love and War album, and it's called um, uh, Water in the Flame. And, man, I mean, just, just perfection in an album, dude. And, like, I go back, and I love, I love a song more than I love another song. And then two years later... Like, why did I pass up this song for this song? Like, I do that so frequently <laughs> with this album. Like, fuck, this album's good, dude. Um, and it took him... This album came out, what, 2007? I think he said 2007? Uh-huh. So the album came out 2007. It wasn't until March of this year that he put out a new single. Jesus. What the fuck's yes. he been doing? I don't know, but he's been telling us that he's been working on music for the last 10 years. I have huh. no idea. I have no idea. But it wasn't until March of this year for him to put out another single. What is your number six, good sir? From under the motherfucking cork tree. Happy birthday to it. Happy birthday to it. It's the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 15 years old. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. 15 years old this week. And, and tomorrow it... is the birthday of Take This to Your Grave. 
Is it? Yes, sure. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, this this album has aged really, really well. Yep. It it is still a crisp fucking listen to this day, and yeah, I, I love it so much. I know, man. I I don't know if a an album personifies an era of music as well as that album. What's crazy is like the sh- the like the shit that that Patrick went through. Um, Patrick tried to kill himself. He tried to kill himself after take this to your grave. He was like, there's no way. He was like, take this to your grave is is like the best thing I've ever written. There's no way I'm going to write anything that we're going to write anything better than this. And he he said that he tried to kill himself or that he had suicidal thoughts. Uh huh. But oh my god, <laughs> I just, just so good, dude. Um, like EXO is such a perfect song. Um, then you have. I'm I'm taking it sounds like I'm taking your number six. <laughs> no, no, you keep talking. Like I'm fine with it because uh-huh. it, it's it's hard for me to put into words the like emotional attachment I have to take uh, from under the court tree. It's just dude, it was just so so creative and not and not just a pop punk uh form, but like the writing on it and like the sense of humor with the album. Uh like the first song, um, our lawyers made us change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. Uh, yeah. which was originally supposed to be, uh, I'm David Ruffin and these are my temptations. <laughs> they were definitely gonna sue the shit out of it for that. Like, how do, how do I? There's a, and pardon me if I stumble over my words here, but there's a self deprecating sass to this album. Yes. Absolutely. Is Absolutely. Very it's 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 you it's you have to walk a fucking tightrope to pull that off. This album says I'm not good enough. It the entire album says I'm not good enough. And you're yeah. okay with it. The, not even that, you're celebrating it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're ce- you're, it's a celebration of the fact that you're not good enough. And the ironic part is this album is more than good enough. Just, dude, I, I struggle. I struggle with which which Fall Out Boy album I was gonna put on my list. I struggled with it. I really did. <laughs> did I? I have a theory, but did you put From Under the Cork Tree on yours? Uh, From Under the Cork Tree was not is not on mine. Okay. All right. Okay. It was it was up there. It was up there. Um. Actually, like I said, the way that I did mine. All three of them were up there. So from under the cork tree, um, from under the cork tree, infinity on high, and folly I do. They're all they were all on there, and then I just kind of cut down to which one was uh, going to make it. Okay, okay, I have a feeling I know which one, but we'll get to it. Um, yes, it, this is reality breached is a pro Fallout Boy con- uh, a, a podcast. So, 
if you have anything bad to say, you can eat a bag of dicks. Read. No, no, no. I read li- read like Fall Out Boy. I just want to be mean to read, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be mean to read. <laughs> Whew. Okay, okay, okay. That's off my chest. What's what's your number five? <laughs> my number five is Justin Timberlake's self uh not self titled album, his solo album, uh Justified. Okay. Which is produced by the Neptunes, aka Pharrell, uh, and an Asian guy that I can't that think Asian of his name. Guy. <laughs> that I can't think of his the, name. The Asian Neptune. <laughs> the Asian guy. Um, and dude, like the sassiness of this album, man. Um, the I can do whatever I want to do, and like you're gonna be okay with it. But pop. Um. Yeah, dude. I remember I was, uh, I think I was in the sixth grade when this album came out, sixth or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and like saving my money to buy it. And I bought it from Circuit City. <laughs> RIP. <laughs> RIP Circuit City. <laughs> I bought it from Circuit City. Uh, and I remember a girl uh, that I went to school with was there. And she was like, you're buying this album? And I'm like, hell yes, I am. What are you talking about? Um, only for, you know, th- like, now looking at this album, the album has Pusha T on it. <laughs> like, that <laughs> album is... The, and then going and looking at, like, the writing of that album with him and Pharrell, there's a spot where they come up with the... Um, the chorus and the bridge to uh, one of the songs and like just watching like creativeness ooze into this album is just so good uh, and to do to get Janet Jackson you got Janet Jackson to sing on your album and background vocals and did not has to be featured like she's not featured on it but she does the backing vocals oh uh, that's that like that's a <laughs> That's a pro move right there. Like you, you got Janet Jackson. Um, then, then you you put out this song called "Cry Me a River" about someone breaking your heart and cheating on you, and then you follow them in your house. You follow them in their house, and you say it's not your ex girlfriend, but she just looks just like her. <laughs> just like her. <laughs> this like. This album treads in the same water as um, songs about Jane. Yes, absolutely, like, absolutely. <laughs> at, at this point in, in in human history, Justin Timberlake had no business making an R and B album that good. So good, so good. Like it, it, it defies logic. And then, like now. <sighs> Now we're in this culture, uh, this culture of cancelness, where we look at Justin Timberlake and we try and cancel him. And I'm like, no, you cannot cancel Justin Timberlake. He's been here from the beginning. You can't cancel him. You can't like, grandfather that motherfucker in. <laughs> you can't. You can't cancel Justin Timberlake. Like he's he's here. He's here. He's worked with like R and B and hip hop legends, man. Like you just you can't cancel him. 
shut up, shut up. <laughs> like you can't do it. Um, what? Who else? It's just so good. Timberland was at the height, man. At the height, man. <laughs> <laughs> so stoked about that album. Whew. All right. I, is- I I love it when we get to close to these top ones because we're so fucking passionate, man. Yes. <laughs> so passionate. All right. Your number five, sir. My number five is American Idiot. Okay. All right. I remember of when course, it came out. Obviously, by Green Day. <laughs> but for those who might not know, um, now now I, I kind of have to put into perspective where I was when it, it, it like Green Day released probably my favorite album of the 90s with Dookie, right? With Dookie, yeah. And and then Nimrod was great, Insomniac was great. I love Warning. Love Warning. Mm-hmm. And, and like I, I, I feel like it's one of those albums that's just consistently overlooked and underrated. So I came into American Idiot thinking, there's no way they're going to fucking beat Warning. Yeah. There's no fucking way. And then one listen to American Idiot. And I was like, is is this a fucking Queen album? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Did Like, did Billy Joe Armstrong really get into Rush over the past two years? <laughs> and and. That not only are the songs like classics, but the story that the it's story, telling, yeah. the way the, the the way the story fit into the America of what was it, two thousand five? Two thousand two thousand five, yeah. Yeah. Like four. Four, sorry, two thousand four. It it was I remember when it came out, I was still in New Orleans when it came out. Yeah, it was it was an artist who was not okay with where the world was, but didn't want to punk rock his way to saying something. Yeah. Cause he had been doing that for what? 20 years at that point. Instead, he was going to art his way into saying this shit is wrong. This shit is wrong. This is like things need to change. George Bush is a fucking crazy person. <laughs> and he did it without ever name dropping anybody. Yeah. He held a mirror up to society and society looked back and said, fuck, you're right. We do suck. <laughs> we suck. And it, it 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 successfully revitalized Green, Green Day's career, obviously, and you know, it, it, like the, there's there's so it, it is probably oddly enough the most important Green Day album. It's definitely even, the most important Green Day album, even though they made Dookie. Even yeah, you know, it's, Dude, it's, they did it's a Broadway musical of American Idiot. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There was I think it might still be playing. Um. So, like, it's almost infuriating that American Idiot is probably better than Dookie. Like, it makes me mad that I have to have that argument with myself. 
how often do you have this argument with yourself? It's like, fuck you, Green Day, for outdoing yourself. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like American Idiot came out at a moment in my life where I needed it because of like a disillusionment with the establishment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 album coming out was Yeah, I remember how much of a how much of an impact it, it was. Like I said, I, when it came out I wasn't I wasn't truly into this kind of music, but going back, uh I got into it when they did 21st Century Breakdown. That's when I got into um Green Day. And then of course I backtracked and I found American Idiot and man, just yeah, yeah. The, the 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 nine minute epic Jesus of Suburbia is on my funeral mm-hmm. playlist, like <laughs> without a doubt. Like I'm I, like I may leave in my will just like this really fucking asinine direction to just play Jesus of Suburbia over and over for three hours until people leave. Until people leave, <laughs> you know that that's how that, that's how attached to this album I am. They uh they actually so uh if you look on Apple Music their essential albums are those two albums Dookie and American Idiot. Yes. <laughs> Apple Music got it right. They got it right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's a, so what number are we to? We're up to number four, right? We're number four. Number four. All right, so my number four is the album I was telling you about, about uh, my my jazz uh, drum nerd, Nathan. Um, this, is, this is the album that takes him, and he loses his fucking mind. Okay. And it is John Mayer's Continuum. You son of a bitch! <laughs> John Mayer's Continuum. Like, I'm going to go ahead and just give this away. Continuum's number two on my list. <laughs> is it? It is. It's number this is a two. perfect album, dude. <laughs> Continuum is, is phenomenal. Dude, I remember, so when uh, we, we, we do this thing at work where we went to, um, we would go to parts of Mississippi uh, and we would go to the schools and we would uh, supply them with technology to learn because they didn't have any. So, like, these, these are, like, the schools that didn't have, like, internet and shit like that. Uh-huh. And so um, we would go and supply them with technology with uh, an internet and we would teach them how to use it and stuff like that. And um, this is when I really hit home with Continuum and... Waiting on the world to change is such a great song, but it's actually the worst on the album. I I stand behind that one hundred percent. And it's it's that's so crazy to say. It's so crazy to say, but I skip it every time because I'm like, there's so many other better songs on this album. Um, and my coworker Jen, she was like, <laughs> me and my coworker, my manager Wayne, we were listening to it, and I was like, dude, a perfect album. It's John Mayer's Continuum. And he was like, dude, let's listen to it. 
And we were driving from like Itabina somewhere. I don't know where it was. And Jen was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to hear it. Like you guys say, this is a perfect album. I'm down to hear it. And literally every song that started, we're like, oh my God, this song's so good. <laughs> this song's so good. <laughs> this song's so great. Oh my God, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. I stop. I stop. What I'm doing, I remember there was a moment in my life whenever I heard, um, whenever I heard Gravity, I would hear, I would hear this like three-fourths and like the three-fourths measurements and I'm like, Oh, this is this is gravity. Stop what I'm doing. Shut the fuck up. Stop talking. I don't want to hear you peep. I don't want to hear you breathe. Don't mm-hmm. sneeze. This song is playing. Shut up. Yeah, I I was Every I was I heard it. like <laughs> I was the same way about belief. I was the same way about vultures. To this day, it's hard for me to listen to stop this train without just fucking bawling. Bro- Balling, yes. Oh my god. And then when he tells him, uh, he said, I talked to my own man, told help told me help you understand. <sighs> Just that in that conversation with his dad is where yeah. I break down every time. Every time I listen to it, I break down at that moment right there. Like we 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 paid me and my wife paid in, incredible uh, amounts of money for floor tickets to a John Mayer show in New Orleans, right? And I don't, I don't know what I you know about his... Me, me and my manager, who uh-huh. is, like, gung-ho for not calling in. Like, if you're not sick, don't call in. If you're not dying, don't call in. We found out that there were extra tickets to the John Mayer show in New Orleans. We're like, are we calling out? <laughs> <laughs> we're so close. <laughs> we're so close to going to see him. Like, it, I, I, I don't know what you know, but... He builds his set lists that day. Oh, like no, yeah, I did not. Yeah, like his 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 band knows how to play like fifty or sixty of his songs, and just that day he just writes. You know, he writes it out and then they type it up and they tape it down. So, like, you could see him four days in a row, and every show be completely different. Every, oh wow! And in the new New Orleans show. He played Stop This Train. It's not not a single. It's not. I wouldn't even say it's a fan favorite. He played it acoustic. Oh, my God. I cried from the moment the first note was played. I would have. I would. I definitely would have. To the end of the song. Like, my wife was like, are you okay? Are you going to be okay? And I'm like, yes, just hold me and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, I agree one hundred percent. I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like con- continuum. You said perfect, perfect album. It's that's why it's number two. Like I'm gonna go ahead and just just throw it out there. It's my number two because that's where it fucking belongs, man. Yeah, continu- continuum was really fantastic. Oh my god. Ah, okay. So what is what is your number four? Um, is that, is that how we want to do this or do we want, because of that, because I have three left and you have three left. Yeah. So go ahead and give us your number four, number three, my number three. Okay. My number three is MCR is the black parade. <laughs> Fuck you. T- That's my number one. 
Of course it's here. <laughs> you knew it. You knew. I told you. I was like, we're going to share some of the same things. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. At the at the very top of this list, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Black Parade is my number one album of the 2000s. Yeah. Um, cancer gets me. Like the song Cancer. It mm-hmm. hits me just like Stop the, Don't Stop the Strain. Uh, I, I Like I cry every time. Every fucking time. Never fails. <laughs> Never fails. I cry every time I hear cancer. And the... I love 21 Pilots. I do. But the fucking audacity for them to take that song and ruin it the way that they did, I could uh-huh. slit their fucking tires. <laughs> yeah, well... Alright. I didn't hate it, but... I didn't, but I didn't mo- hate most, it. It was just... Most covers are garbage anyway. Let's talk about <sighs> MCR. Let's talk about MCR. Um, cancer. Uh, uh, I don't love you. Oh my god. I remember hearing teenagers for the first time, um, and feeling like that I had heard it all of my life. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like t- teenagers is one of those songs that I didn't get until way later. Until you got older, and I was like, "Man, dude, Tina just really do scare the living shit out of me." Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know if, if, if maybe I just got older and it made more sense because fuck teenagers. But at the time, I was like, "This song's kind of dumb." Yeah, I, but but it's one of those songs that has aged so well, so well, so well. Yeah. Um. Then we have uh, "House of Wolves," which is such a riot of a song. Um. Mm-hmm disenchanted so this is okay so once i hear the once i hear the progression of disenchanted like i'm in emo mode all night (laughs) i'm in emo mode like put disenchanted famous last words i don't love you like put all of those and and cancer put all of those songs together and i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry myself to sleep (laughs) yeah yeah like this album is therapeutic uh, yeah. like, and, and probably what's, what's crazy is, you know, it, it has famous last words. It has teenagers. It has welcome to the black parade. It has, this is how I disappear. But my, probably my favorite song is the sharpest lives. The sharpest lives is great. It's so good. <laughs> like, and it's hard for me to really say why. It just has has like it starts off on the din, 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 like who starts a song like that? And the the lyrics are the most MCR fucking lyrics <laughs> I think they might have ever written in that song. It's it's, it's fucking the Black Parade, man. Um, which one is it? I think it's. I think it. I don't remember. I... I can't think of the name of the song, but uh, they t- he talks about him being picked on and them dressing him up, him up in drag. Like that's so funny, dude! Like, <laughs> <that's> so funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. MCR's the Black Parade, uh, number yeah. three. Number three. You're number one. My number. My number three. one. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um. 
my let's see, I'm I'm still at number four. Uh, my number four is Lincoln Park, Minutes to Midnight. I didn't, I, I knew it was going to be either Minutes to Midnight or Meteora. And and actually, like it's always an argument between those three. <laughs> and like, I I went real deep into like my my brain discussion on you know what where would I rank all of the Lincoln Park albums? Like mm-hmm. so much so that I wrote a like a like a I would say two or three page blog. <laughs> organizing my thoughts about and why why you chose midnight yeah 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 like it, those three albums meteor is number three hybrid theory is number two minutes to midnight is number one mm-hmm. and 10 years ago i would have never said that 10 no, years ago i, I would have said fuck you there's no too. way but i think a lot of people would be that way too like this album has aged again extremely well, better than anything else in their category. Or c- category in their catalog. Yeah, uh, it, it it has the the highest highs, the lowest lows, the most emotion. It is without a doubt the most emotional album they uh, they, oh, yeah. they ever wrote. Sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Th- there there are songs that uh, again like like Continuum. There are songs that just make me cry like leave out all the rest is the saddest fucking lincoln park song so sad shadow of the day is the saddest fucking song but the album also has some of the heaviest music they ever you know made like given up is a metal song yeah no more sorrow is a fucking metal song so let me, go, let me go to the track list. I, I didn't have the track list put up. Let me pull that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I, I think I think the way I've, I'm not going to read my blog out out loud, but <laughs> what I'm I'm, I'm going to say basically the same thing. Like Lincoln Park is best when they're swinging for the fences. Yeah. Their first two albums, while very unique and and innovative, they were safe. Especially Meteora. Meteora is fucking great. Meteora but it's is a, safe. It's a very safe album. Minutes to Midnight is the first one where they were trying to hit a home run. They strike out a few times. There's a couple songs on these on these on 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 that album that I'm like, you should have stayed in the fucking booth a little longer. <laughs> like there, there's one where where Mike Shinoda tries to sing, and it doesn't yeah, that was go a well. Bad, bad, but, bad choice, Mike. But I appreciate the like the effort and the 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 want to make something new, interesting, and and phenomenal. And they hit their mark way more times than they miss it. Yeah, Menace and Midnight. Uh, I think when this album came out was actually when I got into when I got into. Um, heavier music because bleed it out was out um it wasn't when i got so good when it wasn't when i got into lincoln park but it was when i got into heavier music because i remember bleeding out bleed it out was one of the songs that would come on um was uh mtv jams it's just so great oh yeah yeah so so i i 
I knew going into making this list that Minutes to Midnight was going to <laughs> it was, gonna was be going to be the Lincoln Park album that I that I list. And it's it's just one of those that that it has attached itself to my being in a way that most albums haven't. I think the only one from Meteora that I would consider to be like, I mean, of course, like you have Numb, um, but nobody's listening. Oh god. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's listening would would have been like the the breaking point for me if like if that one was on Minutes to Midnight, like absolutely Minutes to Midnight wins overall. <laughs> like overall. Because that's See, the only, that's one of the only songs saving Meteora to me uh, from being like, the the last of like the number three. Like it, we're not talking about Meteora, but if we were, lying from you, faint figure nine, uh, nobody's listening and numb. Like those yeah. songs are unassailable. Like, you, any artist in the history of rock music would cut off their fucking foot to have written one of those songs. So, yeah. so I'm sorry if, if, if I said something in jest that made it seem like Meteora is not fucking dope as shit. No, absolutely not. No, it's just, it's just <laughs> for me, it's the, it's the third best of the three. Right. Okay. Okay. What's, what's next? You, what number are you on? I've, we've lost, I mean, lost I, fucking I, I I'm at number two, but I okay. took your number one. So do you want to go again? How many do you have left? I have two. You have two? Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I you think go. You have one. Yes. So go ahead and go go and go ahead and do one of yours. All right. So my number two is Fall Out Boys. Folly I do. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Fall Out Boys. Folly I do. Of course, like I said, it, I went through all all three. Uh, Folly I Do um, and Take This to Your Grave is a favorite album it's just not my favorite of favorite of them um, yeah. but Folly I Do uh, Infinity on High and um, and From Under the Cork Tree were all on my list um, but going back and looking at the grand scheme of all three like Folly I Do is just I'm, I'm literally sitting here with a Folly I Do shirt on, and I didn't even think about it until now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I have one on. Um, I, it was it was the first album that I had bought um, for Fall Out Boy. I had uh, pirated the uh, Infinity on High album because I didn't know if I was going to stick with it. Um, of course, eventually I did, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Um, and it just like it has so much history to me, and like the the pavements that they made uh, for uh, for different bands at this at this point, like now they're just laying down bricks for other bands, uh, like All Time Low, like uh, the Academy is, like um, mm-hmm. Panic at the Disco. This is where I, Panic at I, the Disco really shot off. Uh, I fucking, I fucking miss. I miss the Academy is. The Academy is so good, man. The Academy is so the Academy is so good. Um, but they they just they were paving ways for people. Um, Gym class heroes. Like this is when Patrick was um 
was really showing people that he could actually not just compose music, but he could actually write music as well. So he wrote stuff for um, for Cobra Starship, and he wrote stuff for Gym Class Heroes, and dude, like he was everywhere. He was everywhere. Like people don't even notice, but in this time, like Patrick Stump, uh, he produced a song for Lupe Fiasco on Lupe Fiasco's second album um, called Little Weapon. Like, dude, he was he was in his element, and he was still behind the scenes. Uh, but the like the folly I do it has so much history to me. Like to to this day, I still remember uh, it originally coming it's supposed to come out November fourth, and then it, eventually it getting pushed back the day that it was supposed to be released to December sixteenth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember birthdays, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's, it's so weird. It's it's so how w- weird how music connects with people differently. Yeah. Because I, like I have nothing objectively bad to say about Folly Ado, but of the four big ones from that decade, I it is squarely number four for me. Yeah. See. Yeah. Like like it's all, now, it's always a tie between them. It's I I feel like. I guess I'm going to compare it to Minutes to Midnight in that it's just full of fucking swinging for the fences. Mm-hmm. Like, th- th- this is not a safe album at all. Oh, no, uh, it's definitely not a safe album. Yeah, Infinity at, on High outside a of a album. couple of songs. Like, a couple of songs are just fucking Fallout Boy songs. Like, I Don't Care is a Fallout Boy-ass Fallout Boy song. <laughs> you know? But... It's but right before it is disloyal order of water buffaloes, which is one of my favorite Fallout Boy songs. Because oh it's fucking weird and cool. They opened up with this song when I saw them last, and of course I cried. I cried like a like a like a child, mm-hmm. um, because I was I would never expected them to play this song live. I never expected it. Um, they played this song, and I never thought I would see them play Thriller again. And they performed Thriller. And when I when I first saw them, they opened up with Thriller. And I, those are those are two songs I never thought I would ever see performed uh, ever or again. And they did both of them. Uh, and they're <laughs> two of my favorite songs. Yeah, like again, there's some there's some great songs on this. Like that that fucking uh, twenty dollar nosebleed is great. With Patrick, with uh, Patrick Stump yeah. and 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 and, and Brendan Urie, and yeah. you can't tell who's who. <laughs> like, yeah. it, just, <laughs> it it took me it took me until maybe maybe six years after this album came out, and I'm like, that's not Patrick Stump singing this song by himself. That's someone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Like it took me forever to figure it out, um, and then you have, um, like I say, Elvis Costello's on here. He uh, he did a he did back vocals for What a Catch Donnie uh, with uh, Gym Class Heroes. Uh, Travis McCoy, that Travis McCoy is on it. Uh, uh, the Academy is like everyone's on. Just about everyone that's on uh, uh, Decadence record is on this song uh doing back vocals 
And I think I think when this song came out, I think we should have known that they were going to do some kind of hiatus. <clears throat> yeah, we should have known. Um, actually, have... actually, can I can I expound upon that? Yeah, because I I feel like they needed the hiatus after this album. Uh, while I, I, I well, I, this may may be just a, a narrative that I'm making up in my brain, but the the two albums previous to this felt like natural progressions. Yeah, you know, it did. <clears throat> this one feels like a band that doesn't know where the fuck they want to go, next. so they yeah, go absolutely. everywhere. They'd have no idea what they're what they're doing next. So they so they go everywhere on this album, and some of it hits real fucking hard. Some of it doesn't hit that hard at all. Some of it I actively hit skip on. You know. Yes, yeah. See, I don't I don't hit skip on a single song on this album. Not one. Not but, one. I, like I, I feel like it's 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 an important album in the Fallout Boy like journey, but it, most of their, their 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 stuff I would rather listen to. Most of their other stuff I would rather listen to. And Hunter feels the same way. Like this would this would be the album that he would that he would choose last of the big four of theirs of theirs. Uh, yeah. This would be the last album that he chose. But like it's. It and Infinity on High is like the first albums I choose. And then I do, like, I do I do love Infinity on High. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's real funny that that, that that this what number is this for you? This is number two. Okay. And how many do I have left on my fucking list? I, like I'm lost. I think you have one. I do. I have one more. And uh, remember last time we did one of these stupid ass lists. I had two uh, Ed Sheeran albums on it. Mm-hmm. Well, my number three is Fall Out Boy's Take This to Your Grave. Okay. And I feel like Infinity on High kind of gets the, the shit into the stick. <laughs> it does. In, in, it really in does. In this list, because un- unless it's your number one, it was completely left off. No, it, it wasn't going to get left off. Like I said, I, I struggle between Folly I Do and, and Infinity on High. Those are those are my struggles. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think Infinity on High is like is some of the best written stuff that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think Hunter can attest to that as well. I think I think Infinity on High is some of the best written stuff that they've done. That they've done. Like like we talked about the the song with uh with Butch Walker. Like that song. Like who the fuck thought that Fallout Boy who, would write a song like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and like the core difference between, at least in my mind, between uh, from Under the Cork Tree and Infinity on High is a level of confidence. Yeah, like to yeah, start sure. an album with fucking Jay Z. Yeah, just name dropping. Is here? Like, come on, man! <laughs> like, you don't. You had to pay him to do that. You didn't have to do that. The song isn't better because of that. But that, that that's like a pull your dick out and s- sit it on the table move. <laughs> yep. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> that, that is the core difference here. And, and just like and just like Justin Timberlake putting Janet Jackson in back vocals and not giving her the feature, that Fall Out Boy literally did the exact same thing. <laughs> they exactly. It does not say feature Jay-Z. So... But as good as Infinity on High is, and 
as much as I wanted to put it on this list, it just does. It's 2020 Sergio is not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. 2020 Sergio puts take this to your grave at number three. Okay. And I feel like that is very, very much a, like in the past five years thing that it's become my favorite fallout boy album. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's sound, it's raw. It sounds like a band trying to prove something. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it is, it really is. It really, it truly is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like we, we have to do something to get out of Chicago. It, it, it's, that's what it sounds like. And it also sounds like, fuck you. This is what Chicago sounds like right now. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if you like it, but this is what Chicago sounds like. We're going to write songs that just brazenly reference Chicago shit. Uh, what, let's see. There's, there's one. What's the, what's the name of that damn song? Is it grenade jumper? The one that's uh, literally about their only fan. Oh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're singing to the guy in the front row who just comes to every show. You know, like that. Th- that is such a punk rock move. Yeah. To write that song, it's even more of a punk rock move to say, "Fuck it, let's put it on our first album." You know, usually you write that track and you only play it at live shows and it's like a minute long and you think it's funny, but you don't ever actually do anything with it because it's not a serious track. It's a full on song ass yeah, song. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's great. And like Peyton, the, the patron saint of liars and fakes might be my favorite fallout boy song. Okay. Might be, but I haven't really had that head argument yet. <laughs> do you really want to I don't I don't I don't have the brain power for it but I feel like from under the cork tree is the album where they figured it out mm-hmm. and the world said okay cool from under the cork tree is when the world was like oh cause th- so this is a thing cool and everyone copied it yep like yep I, I'm still finding bands from around that time. Like, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the band? What the fuck is it called? Like, I'm I'm kind of mad that I just fucking stumbled upon them. The Somerset. Yeah, I know about the Somerset. Yeah, I had never fucking heard of them, and then I heard <laughs> Chelsea. I just happened to hear the song Chelsea, and I'm like, this is fucking Fallout Boy. <laughs> You know, I'm still fucking finding this, you know, 15, fucking 17 years later. And Take This to Your Grave was them realizing who they are and laying the groundwork. It feels like Nirvana's Bleach. Yeah. Yeah. And From Under the Cork Tree is Nirvana's Nevermind. I just when people when people really sit there and tell me that I, like I'm a piece of shit for like a Fallout Boy like I just don't understand it I just don't get it 
I don't get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 over the years, I have taken a lot of shit for liking Fall Out Boy, yeah, especially sure. before the big Fall Out Boy revival. Yeah, like their absolutely. return to the scene has brought them a lot more respect than they ever had before. It's fucking weird. And then those people that that love Fall Out Boy then hate them now. So like, I still I get shit for liking Mania, and I love it. Like, get so for it. Uh, same. We've talked about Mania. Like, I like tracks on Mania. Mm-hmm. I, it is the least cohesive, like, chunk of songs I think I might have ever heard. And see, I loved it. I love it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so, 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 man, the fucking odds were fucking great. You have one more, right? I have one more. I have one more. This is your number one, I'm assuming. This is my number one. Okay. Before you say it, let me let me try to suss this out a little bit. Oh, you know what it is. I'm absolutely you you if you know who I am, you know what it is. Um let's see. Like let me I'm doing I'm doing some uh <laughs> doing some some research to see what is what came out during this. I'm trying to think of artists you is it an artist you've already mentioned or is it a different one? Nope. I I actively tried not to put the same artist on it twice. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Because easily like Infinity Ahai and From Under the Court Tree would have been like two, three, four. <laughs> that's how that's, <laughs> that's how this would have that's been. That's true. Two, three, yeah. Four. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I don't know what it is. When you say it, I'm sure I'll know. When when I say it, you're definitely gonna know. Because you've already you've you've already you've already said in sync. You've already said Fallout Boy. You've already said My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. You've done Panic. You've done Paramore. You've done All Time Low. Uh, was there a Beyonce album? Mm-mm. Nope. No? I mean, there was there was a Destiny Child album. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't I didn't put Beyonce on on my on my two thousands list. I didn't I didn't really start loving Beyonce until she put out uh, I Am. No, hmm. it was B Day. It was B Day. It was definitely B Day. And I considered I considered putting B Day on my list, but I didn't. You, I kind of fucking hate myself for not knowing this. You know, and once once I say it, you're gonna hate yourself for not knowing it, because <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I know you do. Fuck. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Fuck it. It is Kanye West's third album. Oh graduation. God. Oh God damn it! <laughs> why did Why did Kanye never come to mind? I don't know. I don't know. Kanye's album Graduation is the best album of that decade to me. Really? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Like I liked graduation. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't me shitting on that, but I, I much prefer 80, 808s and heartbreak. Yeah. And see, okay. So that was a thing. 808s and heartbreak was on my list as well. And I'm like, and, and the reason, another reason that it was on my list was because like, I got the best of both with that album. I got Kanye 
and it got Cuddy with that album because Cuddy helped uh, Kanye write a lot of that album. For God's sake, like Cuddy's on the very first song of that album. Um, but Graduation, dude, Graduation has some of the best lyricism in it. Um, uh, everything I Am is like, <laughs> like that was a staple for me, dude. Um, uh, Takashi Murakami, he did the art on it. And then to follow up and do the the music video for it, like that was such a like a movement to get somebody of that staple to do that kind of art uh, for an album to where the album was like collectible because of the art. Like it was just like buying a piece of art uh, because uh, uh, Takashi Murakami did it. Whenever one's and this is gonna, I'm gonna sound really, really shitty about this, uh, but like the New York, uh, never forget the 9/11 thing was the day that, and uh, a couple years later was when it was released, and so whenever ones talk about like never forget, I'm also talking about never forget that Kanye dropped the best album of all on, time on on 9/11, <laughs> on 9/11, oh. <laughs> And then this was this was the year that like Kanye walked in with like uh, at the Grammys he had like a velvet tuxedo on with an ascot with a cigar and like holding like eight Grammys because it's just phenomenal man he literally made a dick joke and and was able to play it on the radio <laughs> he, <laughs> it's like he played it on the radio it says. Um, she said, "I never seen snakes on a plane." That was a dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> like I do, I, I just, like again, not a rap guy, but there are certain rap albums that that, that I've paid attention to, and uh, you know, over the past twenty years, and that's one of them that got my attention very quickly. So good. Well, you, like that's it. That's that's the top twenty. Oh, it only oh, took oh. us three fucking hours. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're definitely going to be splitting this up, right? <laughs> probably, probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> but your talk about uh, the 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 album art on uh, graduation has me thinking. We we might need to do an episode where we just talk about album art. I would be one hundred percent okay with that. Because because it's it's really a uh, underappreciated art form. Yeah, it's the reason that I got into records. It's the reason it, I got into records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, yes, like, I'm definitely not a vinyl person. I don't give two shits whether or not the bass sounds better when it's analog. Yeah. I don't fucking care. But having a big, like, big artwork on your, you know, on your wall or just to be able to, to look at is always a benefit, so... That might be what we tackle next, because the 90s is kind of intimidating to me. <laughs> Are you afraid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tune in next time. Uh, we're actually, where can we find you? Uh, I can be found uh, on the side of the road crying uh, like Pete Wentz uh, in that <laughs> meme. Well, that's not Pete Wentz, that's Brendan Urie. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> a Brandon Urie. Um, you said it yourself. You can't tell the difference. Yeah, I can't tell the difference. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alden's Manor, A-L-D-E-N-S-M-A-N-O-R. Um, that's my that's my Twitter. My Instagram is Alden Kirkland, just Alden Kirkland, where I put up um, shitty concert photos and strive to be a concert photographer for people like Kehlani in my lifetime. You're hearing it here. I want to shoot for Kehlani. That's my goal in life right now. Okay. Um, uh, and you can find the Dead Scene Kids podcast on uh, under the Reality Breach Family uh, website, as well as Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. That is correct. Very, you are very good at that. <laughs> I think I do it well. I think I'm the only one that does it. I, th- I don't think Hunter does it. I think I'm the one that does it. That's true. That's true. Like, if it were up to Hunter, he's not on a podcast. He just happens to, you know, be on a Which, podcast. Hunter, Hunter is better at podcasting than I am. And, like, but I, he, he just does not care about publicizing where you can find it. That's true. That's true. You give more fucks than he does. I do. But I really do. he's better at it. It's it's this weird, weird thing. Uh, it's a give and take. <laughs> <laughs> You coexist very well. Uh, yes, I'm not necessarily going to plug a lot of reality breach stuff. Um, we we're trying this this experiment, and if anyone made it to this point in the podcast, congratulations! It's fucking long, but, long podcast. Uh, Re- reality breach has a has a has an answering machine. What <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you can call and leave us messages on like our Google Voice account or whatever. And okay. Yeah, call us and, and bitch about how long this episode was. Call us and tell us we're wrong about Fallout Boy. Uh, I don't know. Call so and we can tell you to go like, fuck yourself. Yeah, like call and make. I don't know fun if Sergio's of, gonna tell you that, but I'm definitely gonna tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like call and, and make fun of how many new metal bands were on my list. Like there was a the lot. number. The number is six zero one three five one five two zero eight. And we may play your message on the air. If you if you leave a message, we may not. Uh, we may just say, go fuck yourself. Who knows? <laughs> but give us a call. That's 601-351-5208. I, I, need to, I need to put that in the theme song. Yeah. Okay. Well, Alden, thank you for joining me this evening. And uh, you thank stay you quarantined. Me. You too. Uh, and until next time. I'm Sergio. It's Reality Breached. Don't forget, get the ransom. Shoot the hostage. Thank you for listening to Reality Breached. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts. 
the Black Pocket Podcast, and the Reality Breach Local Spotlight, all available on realitybreached.com. <laughs>